welcome to the Service Industry Podcast. I've spent the last decade as a CEO, operator, and business builder selling tens of millions of dollars in products and services. I, just like many of you, started with nothing. My mission for this podcast is to help you become the greatest version of yourself, help you grow and scale your business, and create the life you've always dreamed of. I'm your host, Matt Smith. Enjoy the episode. What's going on, everybody? Matt here from the Service Industry Podcast. I hope you guys are doing well. Today, we have a special episode. I've got my good friend, Mr. Todd Warda, on the show, and we're going to be talking about all things business, life, purpose, faith. Uh, we touched on a lot of things here, and it's a, it's an interesting podcast. I will say that, selfishly, I asked a lot of questions for myself. Todd's a Todd's one of those guys that I really look up to that I uh, I can look at, at him and say, like, that's somebody I want to be. Um, he's, he's a man of God, a, like a real Christian. Uh, he's done really good things in business. Uh, he's a real estate agent. He sells 15 to $20 million a year in real estate, which you guys can break down the math was 3% of that. He makes really good money. He also does coaching. Uh, he's helped build one of the biggest real estate companies, uh, in the state. And if not the biggest, I believe, uh, he doesn't even go too much into that cause he's such a humble guy. But uh, he's just an amazing, amazing dude. So I'm super excited to have him on. Uh, Before we go into the show, I want to remind you guys that my fall coaching schedule is booking up. So if any of you guys want one-on-one coaching, I have very, very limited spots available. You can go to serviceindustrycoach.com and you can either choose the one-time call or the monthly coaching. The monthly coaching is by far your biggest bang for your buck. Um, And I will absolutely help you crush this fall season in your home service business. So without further ado, let's dive into the podcast with Mr. Todd Warda. What's going on, guys? I have my good friend here, Mr. Todd Warda. How's it going, Todd? It's going good. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm pretty excited about today. Yeah, man, me too. I know we've uh, we've been talking about it for a minute. We finally got on the book, so I'm glad it's happening. Yes, me too. So let's just introduce you to the audience a little bit. Um, you know, Todd's a real estate guy, but I'm going to kind of let you dive into really the last however long you want to go uh, up until today. So people kind of know who you are, what you do, all that kind of thing. Sure. Well, first and foremost, uh, I'm a husband and uh, actually a, a papa of 12. So it's, crazy. it's a busy time. A lot of our uh, grandchildren recently moved away. We have some in North Carolina and some in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been an interesting go, but uh, married uh, for the last, uh, let's see, 11 years. And Paula is my wife and we have 12 grandchildren. Uh, I'm licensed real estate agent in two states, Michigan and Florida. And I uh, love going back and forth, uh, especially when it's cold in Michigan and being in Florida when it's nice. Yeah. Um, and I'm also a coach. So I've been really enjoying that the last uh, full year right now, maybe two. Um, before I exited the real estate world, I was coaching about 50 agents and really enjoying pouring into them, um, whether it was, hey, help me sell the first million in real estate or help me get to 15. So um, I really enjoyed that. And I found that I was getting more fulfillment out of helping them achieve their goals than me selling real estate. So Mm -hmm. I transitioned uh, in the past year, this past January, I left a brokerage that I was at to start my own coaching company uh, as what I thought was going to be a coaching company, which has now turned into more coaching and slash real estate uh, brokerage, which has been fun. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's been, and it's been just a great journey so far and I love helping people and 
um, getting an opportunity to speak on great things like this. And it's been yeah. fun. Yeah, no, that's cool. So you, you touched on it for a minute. Uh, you worked at a brokerage prior and your, your role there was really to coach the agents inside that brokerage. Yeah. I mean, I, there was times and I was there for 12 years. So, yeah. you know, for the first few years, obviously get my feet wet, um, becoming an agent, becoming a very good agent, yep. becoming a listing agent, stepping out of sales and becoming like the director of operations for the organization, recognizing very quickly. I didn't, I did not enjoy that. I don't like being behind a cube yeah. um, and micromanaging people going back into sales. And then they created a program from called the agent advisor, the growth advisor, where really I, I'd meet with the agents once a week and find out where they're at, where their skill set is, how I can hone their skills and help them basically live their best life. So it's been, yeah. it was a lot of fun. So that was a good kind of um, pre-run to kind of the coaching business itself. You got a lot of experience doing that. Yes. And then when you started the business on your own, you were full tilt. Correct. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't, didn't take long to get clients. I thought originally all the clients were going to be real estate agents, yeah. but they turned into be small business owners. They turned yeah. in uh, because there's a, there's quite a balance between, Hey, I got a family and I got this business I'm running. Um, so I, you know, startup businesses or, Hey, I'm in my first five years. What does that look like? So yeah. just helping them manage that process. Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah. We talked about that a little bit prior to the the call was, um, just cause it's real estate, like those problems translate into any other business possible. Correct. Um, so I guess let's dive into uh, Coach Todd's mind here a little bit. Uh, <laughs> for, for all the the business owners out here, they're going to get a little bit of free advice. Um, what are, let's say, I don't know, the top three things that you see real estate agents, business owners struggle with that they come to you for? Well, I live my life in five buckets, which is very interesting. Faith, okay. family, fitness, finance, and friends, right? Mm. So it's those buckets that we all live on because it's the, the hats we wear. So as business owners, here we are as um, parents, mm -hmm. CEO, brothers, sisters, we all have hats. And I think the, the primary one that most people call me with is I get squirreled so easy. I wake up and I'm reactionary and not I don't own my mornings. Yeah. How can I own my morning immediately right off the bat to give to set myself up for success yeah. versus I feel scrambling all day long. I'm only yeah. reacting to the problems ahead of me. Okay. That's the that's the one thing I think I coach on the most. That's interesting because uh, I run a six week business boot camp, um, and we're in our second one right now. And I would say like, and they're more than happy to admit this. Like the core thing that people struggle with is execution. Uh, they know what they're supposed to be doing. Like even prior to starting the boot camp, they know what they're supposed to be doing, but for some reason they just can't get themselves to execute on it. Uh, on a consistent basis. So like, same thing, like one thing goes wrong on a Monday morning in the day shot. Um, what do you yeah. have to say to those people? Well, I think what we're missing in today's society and because it's a dirty word and a lot of people don't want to take it on is accountability, mm -hmm. right? They like, oh, don't hold me accountable. I'm a business owner. I'm the CEO. I did this so I don't have to be held accountable. Mm -hmm. But you need more accountability than anybody because that's how you're going to run your business because you have so many people underneath you. Yeah. Right. So the, the one thing that I've been doing very successfully lately is I take accountability group of four. Mm -hmm. I take, it's called my four by six program. Okay. So four people get coached for six weeks, yep. but I make them hold each other accountable during the week. And now you have somebody you don't want to disappoint. Yeah. The so who in your life do not, don't you want to disappoint? That could be your spouse. It could be your business partner, right? Mm -hmm. You 50 50 partnership, you better be putting 50 50 in the work. 
Yeah. So that accountability is so important. Do you see that inside of their businesses too? Like a lot of these people know what they should be doing. They're just not doing it. Yes, for sure. Because for sure. It's, it's not that complicated. Like we need to acquire new customers. We need to service those customers well. And then if you have a business model, it gets them to repeat. We need them to repeat over and over. And so it's like, just, just, that's kind of the three buckets I live in, in business is like, how do I get new customers? How do I get them or how do I service them? Well, and then how do I get them to repeat over and over? If you sure. can accomplish those things, uh, it just simplifies everything for me. However, even though me too, I know the answer to all of those things. I often find myself not executing on them for whatever reason. So do you think, which one of those three things do you think you don't do the best? Oh, um, I think for me and everyone I've coached, it's probably lead generation activities. Okay. Uh, it's, it's the activity that I do or they do today that they don't see the immediate result from. However, um, I made a post on Facebook today, like, like what you did 12 months ago will show in your life today. And, and what you do today will show in your life 12 months from now. And so I think people have like this this expectation of doing something with seeing a result tomorrow. And when it doesn't happen, they get discouraged and they don't follow through. Yeah. And that, that is truly the real estate game. Like the, the work that we're doing right now, we're yeah. not going to see the fruit of that until January. Yeah. So we're already into the, into the new year. Yeah. We don't even recognize it. So, so you're right though. It is so true. And I don't know that whether it's real estate or your industry or service industry, I don't know that we're taking care of our customers. People, people aren't wowed as much anymore mm. in service, right? Yeah. They actually expect mediocre service. So yeah. when you go above and beyond, they're like, they want to talk about you forever. For sure. So if we could just do that every time, yeah, you get more customers and all your buckets start to get full. Yeah. No, that's true. I, I, I talk about, um, how like nowadays everything's so automated, which I love automations, uh, but we've automated ourselves out of like, we have no touch on our customers anymore. So right. it's like, we have automated emails for appointment reminders. We have automated thank you emails. We have all this stuff that's automated where like when somebody actually does get serviced by a company or a real estate agent or whatever the case is that actually like cares. Yes. Uh, it's just hard not to win. That's very true. Very true. When's the last time you got a handwritten card from somebody? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right? So I'm interested because I, I have this theory where um, everybody has a personal brand of some sort, uh, especially I think everybody, period, even if you're not in business for yourself. I think when people hear your name, they think of something. Um, real estate agents for sure have a personal brand. And I mean, their business is their name. And so what are some things that you are teaching or having them do to build that? Integrity is super important because okay. I, so I want our, our agents to be more consultants. We are never going to sell somebody a house. You'll never yeah. sell somebody else. Right. Yeah. I would rather you tell them not to buy this house because it's in a declining market or in an area that's not going to be a good investment. Right. This is yeah. one of the biggest decisions they're ever going to make in their life. So I want the, I want our agents to learn the, the consultant part of it, right? Mm. What's the market doing? Where should you buy? How much should you buy if you're doing a rental? Like, let's really dive deep into things. There are so many during the pandemic and right afterwards, everybody wanted to become a real estate agent. And there were yeah. so many what I called this door openers. They literally, the market was so fast and furious. All they had to do was open a door and say, do you want to write an offer? Yeah. It was that simple for people. Yep. 
And they never went in the back end and really protected the client and tried to help them out. Is this a good investment? 20, 30, 40, $50,000 over list price. They didn't care. They just wanted it that bad. But was that a smart decision? They're paying yeah. for it now, right? Yeah. So I think in answer to your question, it's we're consultants. And we have your best interest in mind, regardless of whether we tell you to buy it or not buy it. We're going to give you that advice. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. Do you think... Um... Is it hard for an agent who maybe doesn't even own a house themselves to? It can, it can be, especially age. Yeah, you know, if you got a eighteen, nineteen year old. It, it, you, there are some people that are going to struggle with that. Sure, but I can teach you how to do it if you're poised and you're confident in what you're saying. You know, I think I think it's possible. Yeah, what is it? Um, you know, you've coached a ton of agents, and I, I actually know a lot of them, and. The real estate world's interesting because, uh, A, it's probably one of the most competitive businesses you can be in. I mean, I don't know how many realtors there are in our county alone, but I would have to guess at least a thousand licensed ones. Um, you know, there's not a, there's not a thousand roofing companies in our county. Uh, <laughs> so it's competitive as it gets and very few like ever crush it. There's a, it seems like there's a ton that, that get in, they fall out. There's a pretty decent amount that maybe sell 5 million or less a year forever. And then there's those 10 million plus agents, you know, they're out there, but they aren't, there's not a ton, ton of them. Mm -hmm. um, what is the difference between kind of those three levels and correct me if I'm wrong, maybe I'm totally wrong. I have no idea. That's just from the outside looking in kind of how it feels. Well, I think the difference is in the follow-up with yeah. any, even every business, right? The difference is in the follow-up in your database, you have deals and you don't even recognize it. Yeah. Um, and it's how many times are you touching your clients throughout the 12 months span, even if they closed five years ago, are you still yeah. touching them? Right. Um, do they still know you're in business? Mm -hmm. Not just one and done and truly caring about the client, like asking for the referral. I still reach out to my clients today and give them a business card. Hey, can you give this away to somebody that could use my services? Yeah. And if you take care of that person, all of a sudden you become that family's agent. Yep. You're helping the brothers and the sisters. And I would imagine it's the same way in your service industry. That's how it grows. Yeah. Cause you're not like you personally, I mean, you, you sell a lot of real estate. You're not, I don't see you paying for billboards and um, that kind of stuff. Are you doing any kind of paid ads? No, I don't. No. no. Mine is strictly word of mouth referrals. Interesting. Yeah. And so how long has that taken to build up to be an agent that does 15 or 20 million a year, um, just strictly word of mouth? I mean, I think it's going to take, in my opinion, that's going to take between seven and 10 years to, okay. to really do it well, right? You're going to have some people that are that are buying Zillow leads and they're running and gunning and they're doing all that kind of stuff. And it could take them, you know, three to five. But I think that residual business comes after year three, four or five, then you start to get repeat clients. Generally, people are going to sell their home after they buy it between three and five years, right? Yep. That's the average lifespan. And then you get your second and third referrals. By year 10, you should have hopefully all referral business. Interesting. Okay. So, because I'm a paid ads guy for like everything I've ever done. So this is really interesting for me. So on the paid ad side of like, let's say a Zillow lead, mm -hmm. um, that would be something similar to, let's say, like a home advisor or something or an Angie's list for a service guy. Uh, are those not profitable? Is that why you don't do it? I believe that they are probably profitable. At my last brokerage, that's a new agent coming in. 
Yeah. You just wait for the phone to ring and you're running, right? <laughs> sure. But you're going to pay for that. Yeah. You're going to pay a percentage to the brokerage. You're going to pay a percentage to Zillow. And by the end of the day, I had an agent that I used to coach actually did the math and said, listen, I'm not taking, I'm not answering the phone if it's not over $300,000, because by yeah. the time I drive there and do all the things I do and get all the splits, I've lost money. Yeah. Right. So, right. but then there's a flip side of it. It's a family that you're touching. It's yeah. a family that you're serving that you're going to be able to hopefully get another one out. Yep. Um, so I'm not against it. I just, I just, that's never the way I wanted to do business. Yeah. Makes sense. So I never pounded the phones and I never was doing that kind of stuff. It was, I want to get in front of you so you can see my heart so that I'm here to serve you yep. and I'm going to do a really good job at it and hopefully overperform for you. So you're going to talk about it. Would you say you're a networker? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I would say that for sure. Yeah. So what does, what does that mean to you? That means finding out what, what somebody's really good at, what their passion is and find somebody in your life that they, that they can help. Yeah. And put them together. And now you've got two people that you really care about. Yeah. Now it just makes sense. And they'll thank you for that. That's good. I get people ask me a lot. Um, all right. So I would say I'm not, I haven't always been a good networker, but over the last few years, I've, I've like really learned the importance of it. Um, and I've went about it in a way where like, I legit am just trying to provide value to the other person, like as much as possible. And I want to develop like a, a friendship with that person, a real relationship with them rather than just a monetary gain type thing. Yes. Um, but people always go like, how do I get in front of somebody that's doing something bigger than me? Um, and what you just said, I've actually never thought of like, you can provide that person value by putting them together with maybe somebody else that they would benefit from. Yes. Um, that's really good. Thank you. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Just thinking out loud. So talk to me about, uh, I was on your website today and oh, geez. <laughs> you talk a lot about purpose. Yes. So I had, uh, you know, Jim Wiegand. He, he, he was my pastor. So yeah. I still consider him my pastor. You know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, once you're yeah. someone's pastor, he's, he's a great man and good real estate investor, actually. He's yeah, a he, very good real estate. He does a good job. Yeah. He's, he's the man. So he has a big passion for purpose, f people finding their purpose. I would love yeah. to hear. Wrote a book on it and everything. Yeah. I would love to hear kind of your, uh, I guess, what do you teach people when someone says like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing, or I don't know what my God-given purpose is. How do I find that? Where do I start? What do I do? And actually, before you answer that question, um, I, I know we had talked the other day when I ran into you, but I told you I had that accident. Yes. I made a video about it uh, and I put it on TikTok. This was probably, I don't know, three, four weeks ago. And I just talked about how I felt like God really saved my life sure, and and how important it is to be living our purpose every day because we truly don't know how long we're here. That video got like, it's close to 700,000 views in like the first week. It was absolutely insane. But like, I can't tell you how many comments, there was a couple thousand comments and how many people were saying like, how do I find my purpose? And I think, I think everybody at some point in their life asked themselves that question, but I think a lot of people ask themselves that question daily. Um, I think there's a lot of people out there that are living a life that they feel like there has to be more. Um, so I'd be curious to know kind of your perspective and thoughts on that. Well, first of all, I pray, Yeah. right? I mean, that's super important. My mornings are, are very filled with downloading, hearing from God, like, 
And then I also think we go through our days either struggling. If you're struggling, you're not in your purpose. Mm. If it feels good and you're working in your superpower, that's your purpose. That's good. Right? So you being with your daughter, yep. that's your purpose. Yep. You love it. You feel it. It does, it's not a struggle. Yeah. You're in your purpose. Right. Right. All of our purpose is to spread the gospel and bring mm -hmm. people there. Right. That's, but that's just loving on people. That's really important that we continue to love on people. And I heard something in a class on Saturday um, love them to life. Hmm. Love them to life. Bring the life out of them so they can open their eyes so they can see wow, this is, I'm really good at this, or this brings me a lot of joy and it's bringing others joy. So this must be my purpose. That's good. What do you tell the, what do you tell the single mom who, you know, is just barely paying the bills? What does she do? Cause that's honestly a hard one for me to answer sometimes. I mean, she's providing probably one of the greatest lessons for her children that they will ever see. Mm -hmm. work ethic, loyalty, perseverance. She's, she's doing what she's supposed to do. And she doesn't even recognize that she's making an impact on them. Yeah. Right. Yep. So it's not always just about what you think it's about. Yeah. There's always something on the back end. There's always someone looking up to you and there's always somebody bigger and better. Yeah. Even the coaches need coaches, right? I have a coach. Yep. So it's, it's just super important to always get better and better at home so we can help others. Reach down. Reach down and pull somebody up. And that's what that mom's doing. Yeah. Is it, Um, I believe, like, ha like being able to have the ability to see, like, a greater tomorrow than there is today. Uh, like, even for the single mom, that's like, all I do is work because I have to, to pay the bills and, and whatever the case is. Um, and I'm only using that example because that came up a lot on that video. Mm. Um, there will be a day where your kids move on and you oh, will I'm have, there. yeah, you will have time. You will have had time to see a greater tomorrow and be able to dream about that going forward. And so I just think it's a, it's a really interesting topic because it's something I've really focused on. I mean, really focused on the last year. Um, but it's something I've thought about for a long time because there was a long time in my business. I was like completely miserable and no amount of money. Um, just none of that, like was fulfilling me. And I'm like, Oh crap, I better figure this out because this clearly something's wrong. Um, there's a great book about this. It's called halftime by Bob Buford. Okay. If you've never heard about it, it is a phenomenal book, but it's the premise is we live two lives, yeah. right? The premise of a football game, you live your first half yeah, struggling, trying to figure out where you're at. And then you start to make money. And now all of a sudden there's something else out there, but you don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. So you take that break and inside that halftime, you're setting yourself up for your next phase of your life. Yeah. It's super good. I'd recommend it to anybody. Is it like a faith-based book? Yes. Cool. Yes. Okay. I'll read that. That'd yeah. be really interesting. Yeah. Especially at your age. How old are you? 33. Okay. It's perfect timing. Yeah. Cause you're approaching that mid, you know, that 40 yeah. year old mark is really when you, you make that decision, whether it's going to be this or that. So that's, yep. that's a great book for you to read. 
Okay, cool. But I also was thinking about what you just said about single moms. How many times have you heard an amazing success story, get up and talk and speak and talk about my mom, Hmm. putting food on the table, single mom. It's that's the generation. I mean, you're breeding some amazing people because they're seeing that work ethic. So don't lose hope. If you're a single mom out there, you keep grinding, keep loving on those kids. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, for sure. I mean, like for my daughter, like as soon as the second I had my kid, like it was not about me anymore. Yes. Yeah. I mean, um, and there was something terrifying about that, but also something really fun. Yeah. So no, that's cool. All right. So tell me what else you, uh, you're coaching, you're selling real estate, you're teaching people how to find their purpose. Um, people come to Todd. What else are they asking for? A lot of them are just, you know, I think they want to serve. I think people are starting to recognize the need to serve others. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of brokerage that I think we're, we're building is, um, you know, we, we've already got, I think, 10 agents, okay. which is crazy for me that we have 10 agents that fast. Yep. Um, but we're going to be very much community focused and, and we're going to serve people. And I think that they want to be b- part of something bigger than themselves. Can you help me? Uh, this is probably going to come off like I'm being a jerk and I totally am not. Every time I see, see like real estate agents, um, like a part of a brokerage, let's say, and they're out like, I don't know. They're all out doing stuff together. Like, uh, cleaning like a flower, family atmosphere, like cleaning flower beds for downtown Fenton or something. <laughs> I'm like, does that translate into sales or are, or do people do it because they just love being a part of a team? I can say both. I, I okay. think I think it does translate into sales when you do it the right way. When when somebody's community focused, like like for example, we were at the Center of Hope. We went to the yeah. Chef Showdown, right? When we're there and we're supporting that that whole yep. program, and the outside sees our agencies and they have a choice to make do business with someone. Yeah, I feel like they would make that choice. Like I'd rather do business with somebody that supports that than that. Got it. So I do think it comes, comes sales. I also think being a solo agent is super hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially if you're in the business for the first three years, you need, you need somebody, uh, um, you need a, a seasoned agent to help you with these transactions. Um, I, I get scared to death, Matt, when I hear, I, I just got my license and I, I have no idea how to write an offer, but I'm going to show a house. Yeah. I mean, that scares me. Like if you don't even know how to write a contract yet and you're out representing a client, yeah. that's scary. Yeah. So, so 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 they need an agent there to help them walk through that. This is how yeah. you write that purchase agreement. These are the clauses that you want to put inside it to protect your client. And if yep. they don't know that, I mean, that's that's what's running out there right now. Yeah. And, and the real estate industry is so easy to get into. Yeah, relatively. I mean, depending on what state you're in in Florida, it's a 90 hour course and in Michigan at 60, but pass the test and go sell a house. You're you're going. Yeah. Okay. So you've done some coaching for a close friend of mine. Um, you, you probably know I'm talking about. Yep. Yep. I was going to mention him because he's the one person that I told you that I think he does exactly what we're supposed to do. He just tries to give you value. Hmm. He he doesn't ask anything for you. He just wants to help you. Yep. And I love that about him. Yep. So other than work though, um, I've seen a, a big difference in him personally 
in his relationship, um, just kind of on his outlook on life a little bit. Uh, I think in a, like a serving sense, um, I think he's just a good, a good dude. Uh, give me some insight on some of that because I don't think he was ever a bad guy, but I think he's, he's recognized what some of these important things are in life and really started to focus on them. Um, kind of walk me through what you think is important when it comes to like a guy like him comes and sits down with you and he's obviously trying to grow his business, but you guys are working on more than just business stuff. Yeah. I think most of my coaching clients are. Yeah. Um, I, I often sell, tell this to a lot of my clients, you know, what shows up personally is going to show up professional. Mm. So if you're struggling with something in your life, it's going to affect you in business. Yeah. So you got to get your family right first. And for him, it, you know, he's, he's a thinker. Yep. He's an analyzer. So he has to analyze everything. Yep. And it has to be perfect before he makes that decision. Yep. And what I'm trying to teach him is keep your hands off the wheel a little bit and have faith. Yeah. Ask the Holy spirit. And Hey, listen, this feels right. Nothing's going to be perfect. Even in, even me being married for 12, 12 years, we still yeah. go at it. We still fight. Yeah. Right. But at the end of the day, you're there to make them better. Yeah. She's there to make you better. Right. So I'm teaching people know your love languages. Mm. Know your love language, know your partner's love language. If you haven't read the book, The Five Love Language, it's super important, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's it's those kind of things to recognize that when you get, when you have a spouse and you get married for the, you're becoming one. So you're bringing all your baggage. Yeah. <laughs> You've heard that before. Pastor Jim says that really good. Yeah. Uh, he does a great sermon on that. But uh, I think that's what he's recognizing is he has so much to offer but it can't be, it's not going to be perfect. Yeah. It's never going to be perfect. Yeah. I, I always kind of go by the theory for me. Like when I'm trying to make a hard decision, I'll, I'll ask myself, what's worst case scenario here? Like if, if this thing that you think is going to be good ends up blowing up in your face, like, are you okay with what's the, what the worst case scenario is? Um, and if I feel good about the decision and I, and I, li- I can live with the worst case scenario, I'm all in, man. Um, so that's pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I I think you're right. I think, uh, and maybe it's just, I'm getting older, but you just realize like we all need money to live. Like, I think there's absolutely nothing wrong with making a bunch of money. I encourage it if anything, but it's just like the least important thing. It is. And I don't know you like, I've heard a million people say it, but until I made a lot of money, um, I tell this story and, and this is not to brag at all, but when we first started brave American, our first year, we went from zero to 5 million in sales. It was wow. crazy. It was, it was supposed to be like, we had a goal of selling 300 flags and we sold 50,000 of them. That's incredible, man. Yes. It was crazy. So that year we made it, we made a bunch of money. And I remember looking at the bank account when I saw the bank account, I was like, ah, oh, crap, because I didn't feel anything. Like there mm-hmm. was a huge, there was a huge number in there, but I had no like excitement. I had, I had no nothing. And I was like, well, I am working my face off for what I thought was this. And if this doesn't get me excited, then what am I doing? And that's what kind of set me on the path of like figuring this out. But it's hard to, it's hard to tell people that when they haven't maybe made a lot of money yet. Sure. They're they're like, well, that's easy for you to say. It's like, I don't know, man. Some of my best days were when I was like struggling. Like those were some of my favorite days of my life. 
Yeah, I'm I'm almost finished with uh, Ed Milet's Power of One More. Okay. Great book. And he talks about majority of the people he coaches are billionaires and they're all miserable. <laughs> Just miserable. Yeah. Because that's all they do is work, 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 work. Yeah. That's all they think about. Yeah. So what's their contribution to society after they're, they made all that money? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I always say like, I used to, when I was dead broke, I could at least dream about what it would be like to have money. And that was exciting. <laughs> and so that's probably why, like now there's guys that are billionaires and they're like, uh, this is it. Yeah. That's so, good. So what I would imagine that you're doing right now and very good at is helping this person that's dreaming about starting their first business and watching them succeed. That's giving you a ton of fulfillment. That gives me a lot of fulfillment. Yes. Um, so you're on the yeah. planet pulling someone up. Yeah. Helping them. Yep. Yeah. Hel helping them like more than like, I know how to turn $1 into five. Like that's like at this point, that is not a hard skill set. Like, like I have the skill set, but now like helping people find what am I here for? Um, like, yeah, in my business boot camp, it's 75% business, but it's a huge piece. Like the purpose side of things is like so important to me. And if I could do anything on the planet, it would be help people with that. Because I know like the business stuff, no matter how big they get, will never like truly fulfill them, but living in God's purpose will. Yes. Um, yeah. So what I need to do is I'm sure you've seen the planner. Have you seen the planner that I give? So no. our everyone that gets coaches with me is a six week program. They get a planner that I've created. Okay. And the, the planner is called a purpose planner. So I will, next time we see each other, I'm going to give you one. Okay. And in the planner, it talks a little bit about what's your mission statement. Mm. What are you grateful for? Who do you who do you have to forgive? Yeah, forgiveness is huge. Oh sometimes yeah, that's a good one. Sometimes it's yourself. Yep, you got to forgive yourself for something, right? Mm -hmm. And it's this whole program for six weeks that just engulfs you into you, who you are. Yeah, and and I'll I'd love to have you just look it over for six weeks. That'd be fun. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Dude, I, I'm like all in on that stuff. Yeah, it's good. I, I, I'm getting the most traction out of that planner than I, and it's just something I created based on what, how I lived. Yeah. You know, how full are my buckets? Which bucket do I want to attack this week? Which bucket do I want to attack today? What's the most important thing to me today? And how will I not get squirreled on that? Mm. Right. If my primary focus on a Sunday is my family and I get four work calls, listing appointments, Hey, I want to yeah. go you got to be okay with turning that down. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to be. Yep. And you know, it's funny. Uh, the friend that you're coaching, he does dates now on Wednesday nights. Yes. And, and like, I know, I know not to text him on, or like, if I do text him the chance of getting a response and I know why, and like, that's fine. Good. You know what I'm saying? That's huge. Uh, yeah. So I would agree with that. Like, I, I also tell people, um, like lead generating, lead generating tasks, like let's say somebody gets a call for a big quote that they always dreamed of. It's like, they'll drop everything for that. And it's kind of the same thing of like the date night thing. It's like, no, like your lead generation tasks are there for a reason, because if you don't do those, then the next day you're hungry. And so that quote just gets, gets moved to the next day. That's all. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of the same premise. It's like, I have this saying, if it's not in your calendar, it doesn't exist. Oh, that's good. So if you don't know how to block schedule, you put that, you get, you learn how to block schedule and you get that done. 
give me like your quick definition of like what you would call block scheduling. So to me, block scheduling is every hour has its purpose. And it doesn't have to be so specific. For example, if you're lead generating in the morning for as a real estate agent, yep. the first 30 minutes of your hour of lead gen is breaking it down to people you don't know. Mm -hmm. The second half hour is people you know. But your whole hour block is lead gen. Okay. Then you have a block in there for Wednesday night, date night. Mm. It's in your calendar. Mine are very specific. Blocks of time that I are purposefully getting things done. So 5 a.m., I wake up and I water right away. Get water in my system. Then the next block is faith. No phone. Yep. Then the next block is fitness. Then the next block, I go to the farm and work, right? Yeah. But everything's in its block. But they don't they, they don't intertwine. So I, I'm not when I'm at the farm, I'm not or I'm not, when I'm taking I'm not taking phone calls while I'm working out, of course. Yeah. That's my fitness block. Yeah. So if you can color code that, it's very important. Date nights. When you go yeah. to bed. I even have when I go to bed down there. And it's like non-negotiable. Correct. Everything. Everything. Yeah. And I have blocks of time for free time or that there are blocks in there that I can schedule things, showings, listing appointments. And of course things, but yeah. I do it week by week. Okay. So Sunday night, I do my blocks. What's going on this week? So everything is there. You find yourself way more productive. So much more. Yeah. Do you find that you actually, uh, do you get more done in a short period of time because you're so focused on that one single task rather than yes, oh, I'm checking my phone or whatever the case? Yes. Yes, for sure. Because yeah. you could, most people will grab their phone within the first minute of waking up. Oh, yeah. That's the first thing they do. That's me. And I always challenge people, don't even touch it for 30 minutes. Yeah. Just don't even touch it. Because you'll easily get squir squirreled at that. Yep. Now, Ed Milet talks about he breaks his day up. He takes 12, 24 hours and breaks up his days into two days. So he's getting more stuff. He's getting double the stuff done that you're getting done. In his by, the way, by the way, he schedules it. Yes. So six to 12, he's doing specific tasks for this business. Actually, he does it in three days, six to 12, 12 to six, six to midnight. He's crushing these days. And he's yeah. tri doing triple what we would do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I have a problem with my phone. If I'm being totally honest, like I have a legit issue checking my phone. It's a, it's a bad habit. And just the other day I, I was working from home and I just put it in my bedroom. I, I uh, threw it on the charger and I came in my office and I was, I worked for like three hours straight, which is pretty yeah. rare for, pretty rare for me to focus that long. Oh dude, I got so much done. It felt like I got three days of work done in three hours. So and imagine I'm, if you did that even twice a week. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or imagine when our friend is on a date night yeah. and he says, honey, I'm going to leave this in the car. Right. Because you're important to me. Yep. What does that say? Yep. That speaks a ton of, ton of volume. Yeah. No, that's good. Cool, man. So give me, before we get off here, give me the five buckets one more time. Faith, Faith family, friends, fitness, finance. In that order? In that order. Think about it. Faith. Yep. And your family. Yep. Then your friends and your fitness and your finance. Okay. Isn't that interesting how 
faith becomes before money? Yeah, everything does. <laughs> but not for everybody. No, probably not for most people. Yeah. Interesting. What What's your thoughts on fitness? So I got into this fitness journey like a year ago. Well, 10 months ago. Um, I was going through a pretty hard thing in life and I'm like, look at myself in the mirror and I was 25. I saw that pounds. Facebook post. Yeah, like 25 pounds it, heavier yeah. than I was. I'm like, ah, dude, you are just not your best version. And like, I've known for a long, like, I'll be honest, even to this day, I don't love going to the gym, but it has become a habit where it's like, if I don't go, uh, I hate not going now. So I hate it, but I love it. And, um, that was like, for me, I mean, I've got a ton of work to do in my life. I think everybody does, but that was a, one of the last key things that I was like, you have not even touched this area of your life and it's suffering. Um, what's your thoughts on fitness? You take it really serious. I didn't take it as serious as I do now. Um, Eric Sperling, good friend of mine. Um, he's my fitness guy and yeah. he he's my accountability partner. Really. I talk about that accountability partner. I, I don't want to disappoint him. Yeah. And his, his motto is stay ready. So you don't got to get ready. Yeah. You know, and I'm in my fifties. So yeah. I, and I see some people in their fifties that are crushing life. Yeah. They are, they are beasts. Yeah. And I just always want to be that, like, I want to be that papa that is down on the floor wrestling with those kids and yeah. they can jump on my back and I don't want to be fragile. Yeah. So you have one body, one temple says in the Bible, treat your body well. Yep. So that's what I'm trying to do. And believe me, I'll have my Spicer's Donuts. I yeah. love my Spicer's Donuts. Me too, me too. But you just got to work out hard. That just That's why we work out. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. So do you feel like, because I definitely do, mentally, I'm like different person. Yes. Yes, like I, do hard stuff because you're doing hard stuff. You're mm -hmm. doing things when you don't want to do it. Yeah, that's good. I talk about that a lot. Like uh, I've been cold plunging. Oh yeah. Uh, I've, I've they, heard a lot about that lately. They have one at the gym and dude, it's suffering like straight <laughs> suffering. And uh, I've been doing it for like a month straight every single day. And it's not hard anymore. Okay. And you're, and you're like, it's very interesting. Uh, I was just talking to the group about this the other day. It's very interesting how something that like feels so hard in life or in business, when you just do it enough times, like it becomes easy. Sure. It's like, it's like, uh, I don't know what, what you would consider that, but I'm always trying to challenge myself, even if it's something stupid, like getting a cold water, um, just to show myself like, okay, you don't want to do this, but you're going to do this. That's great. Cause you're embracing the next level of yourself. Yeah. Right. Just when you, when you think you can't do it and you do it, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. No, it's that's good, good, man. Stuff. That's good well, stuff. Well, this has been good. Yes. Yes. I'm excited to give you the planner. I really want you to use it. Okay. I'll use it for sure. So it's six weeks long. Six weeks long. Every single day. Every single day. I can do it. Of course you can. Well, we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll hook up with a coffee shop. I'm sure I'll see you there. You're there like every day. Yeah, I, I shouldn't be, but I am there every day. Okay. Cool, man. Well, Hey, I appreciate your time. Um, man, I if... appreciate your time. You're, you're crushing it. Oh, I appreciate it, man. Where can people find you? Uh, so they can go to my website, toddwarder.com. It's okay. the best way to get a hold of me, best way to learn more about me. Um, and uh, yeah, just thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I'll put the uh, the link in the show notes, guys. And then if you guys need, you know, coaching, you you know, some of the stuff we talked about today, you feel like you're struggling with, Todd's a good guy to reach out to. And I'm, I'm sure he'd be more than happy to help you guys out. So 
Yeah, I um, greatly appreciate it. Yeah. All right, man. Appreciate you. We'll talk soon. All right. See ya. Yeah, bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. As always, if you need any help marketing your business or want to work with me directly doing one-on-one coaching, visit serviceindustrycoach.com. We'll see you on the next episode.